On today's episode of the Loose Change Podcast, I got Kyle and Dan joining me to give our two cents on everything football, including our fantasy trade for targets, a best wide receiver in the NFL discussion, and our bet stamp bet of the week. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the NFL edition of the Loose Change Podcast. Kyle and Dan, you witnessed my Eagles lose finally Ugh. to the Washington Commanders. And I'll they tell you what, it's been a hard Where's my money, Eagles? Where's my money? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Losing to Heineke and the commies is just, that's not how you want your undefeated season to end. I literally called I in sick to work to... yesterday. Because it was oh, just man. a brutal Tuesday morning as an Called Eagles an fan. Because <laughs> there's a Commanders fan at work, which is, you know, oh. like, how is there one at work, right? And he was talking Big so test. much shit over text during the game. So I just didn't want to face <laughs> the music. I was off today. So I'm not oh, looking forward man. to going into work tomorrow and seeing you. Hey, John, how's it going? If you're listening. Oh, no. oh man. A Commanders fan in Canada. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's not many a rare, of them. A rare sight. Dan, your Bengals were on by. Kyle, your Ravens were on by. So I guess we're sitting pretty. You guys don't have any sore feelings about last week. It was the least stressful Sunday I've had in a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. So on I today's episode, we are going to be presenting our Bet Stamp sponsor. We are officially a sponsored podcast. Excited to bring to you the bet stamp bet of the week a little bit later. But first, let's start with our fantasy football trade for targets because it's week 11. And for most people, they're playing fantasy football right now. This is their trade deadline week. Uh, looking forward to the playoffs is really important. If you're in a position that's going to make the playoffs, if you're really making trades at all, you're probably in a position to make playoffs. So let's dive into it. Who are some of our trade for targets? Let's start at quarterback. Do either of you guys have a quarterback that you're dying to get on your fantasy team? Oh, I believe I do. I do. And his man, his, this man's name is Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, he's had a down year so far, but he is a great, young, talented quarterback. Uh and, you know, because he's had a down year, you might be able to find someone who's willing to give him to you at a, a pretty decent price that you wouldn't be able to get if, you know, he was having a great season. And if he was having a great season, you might not even be able to get him in the first place. That's and true. yeah. And like right now, he's struggling, you know, maybe the person who has him on his roster isn't having the greatest year. He's looking to switch it up. It could be a good chance to, uh, pick up Herbert at a, a time that he's actually gettable. And if you look at his uh, schedule going into the next few weeks, if you're looking to make a playoff run, uh, he's going up against some teams that he could put up some points against. And uh, yeah, that's true. Actually, actually, actually take you over the hump. If you're, if you're looking to get those extra points to get those crucial wins going in the, in the playoffs and fantasy here. And matchups are going to be such a big part of what we're looking at here because matchups, especially yeah. now, we know which teams to play against and which teams to stay away from. Kyle, exactly. how do we feel about Herbert as a quarterback trade for target? 
What will we I, give up? Like, I know he's a target, but what are we giving up to get such a guy? You, you still have to pay a premium to go get a guy like Herbert on name yeah. value alone. I think Dan kind of hit the nail on the head, though, that, like, if Herbert was playing the way he has in years past, he's untouchable. And yeah. his his downs like the his down year of playing has made it so that you can go out and acquire him not without paying a premium to get him but you can realistically go get him if you have pieces in place it depends on if it's like a one qb or two qb league but in like a one qb league if you're really struggling at quarterback um, maybe you left it till later in the draft um, i don't think it's out of the question to go trade some of these guys that have been very valuable down the stretch um i don't i don't really know what i would be giving up for herbert right now i haven't been in a position to trade for a quarterback in a while but i'll throw a one qb scenario at you for herbert sure. let's say the team is struggling at either a running back or wide receiver position they have herbert yep. you have a streamable quarterback like trevor lawrence why not go to the quarter uh the owner of that herbert quarterback you offer trevor lawrence as a replacement and you add in like a Rondell Moore, um, a Michael Pittman, a David Montgomery, someone like that who is probably startable in your lineups, but you can replace without two. Like, do you think that actually gets the job done or do we have to go offer a better piece than a wide receiver three? I don't think that that would get it done personally. Like if I'm a Herbert owner and I'm downgrading from Trevor Lawrence and getting like David Montgomery or Pittman back who have struggled, it would be really tough. I think it's Olave. What about Chris Olave? So someone like Chris Olave that like has played really well, um, you're realistically trying to sell high on him. I think that that would be a consideration. Um, I, I think some of these guys that like, if someone's really struggling at running back, like if you have Deonta Foreman, who has been really good in two of his last three games, you know, maybe you can build a package around him and ship him out. Yeah. Um, or if someone on name value is interested in someone like DeAndre Swift, um, you, you might be able to salvage that if, you know, he hasn't been contributing to your team and you just need a, a quarterback right now. Yeah, I'm not sure, but knock on the door of your Herbert owner in that league and see what he has to say, because it's worth a check. Eh, Dan? Uh, Yeah. And uh I think as well, like looking at Herbert and, and the Chargers in general, uh, I think they're the type of team going into the end of the year. They're at the bottom of the division, but they're not going to stop giving an effort. They're the type of team that's going to be playing with something to prove, I think, because they're the past few years, they've been on the cusp of a playoff run and they just haven't been able to take that next step in the playoffs. And now that it's a down year, once again, the Chargers all oh, can't get it done, but I don't think they're going to stop giving an effort. And looking at the schedule, they got Arizona, Las Vegas, Miami, Tennessee, all teams that give up lots of points to the quarterback. They're in that bottom half of the league, giving up mm -hmm. points to the quarterback fantasy-wise. So I think uh, if you're going to make a playoff run, you go after Herbert. For me? If, you're, if you need a quarterback. Absolutely. And another quarterback I'd be looking to get is an elite quarterback. And his name is Ooh. Lamar Jackson. He has been Ooh, struggling. Too. He's been struggling. Kyle, you're a Ravens fan. You tell me, am I making the right decision in trading for Lamar Jackson, given his matchups, which are Cleveland, 
Atlanta Pittsburgh, but minus his weapons that don't really exist outside of Mark Andrews. Yes. Me as well as a Lamar seen, owner. Like <laughs> Lamar hasn't really had very many QB ten finishes over the yeah. last couple of weeks. He's struggled, but this like the schedule down the stretch now is just such a cakewalk. Like they don't face any teams with the winning record. They're playing teams like Carolina this upcoming week and Atlanta and the Pittsburgh defense that have all been brutal. He's getting Mark Andrews back. Um, and we're, we're going to, we've already seen kind of the fire lit under Lamar in this offense. The last two weeks seems like they're hungry and they want to get after it. So I I'm really expecting Lamar to, get back to what he was playing like in the beginning of the season and back in like, you know, 2019 when he was your QB one overall, because he, he wants it and he, they're getting after it. They've got such a good matchup the rest of the way. So. And I think as far as these two quarterbacks we've talked about, one thing that matters to me is getting players on your fantasy team where they're playing games that actually really matter to their season. Like yes. I'm getting scared off by some of my Raiders players on teams because I'm worried that they're going to start, really not caring because their season is truly over looking towards teams like the chargers and ravens where i know every game really matters towards their playoff chances and playoff standings yeah i'm looking forward to having those guys on my fantasy team outside of quarterback running backs let's go to running backs kyle do you have a running backs uh trade for target i do so i kind of touched on it earlier as part of the herbo scenario but yeah i heard you sprinkle it in there yeah it's a little foreshadowing uh deandre swift is a guy that i would be going out and looking to acquire in all formats right now i think he's a perfect buy low candidate in like a keeper or um a dynasty league because he realistically hasn't been utilized very well he's only he hasn't finished out um inside of the top 10 let alone top 20 RBs since week two. So people are really down on this guy. He's not. And I mean, he was injured for three weeks. He had the one uh, by week six, which is great. You get the buy out of the way. But the reality is that they're going to get him involved again. He's an electric playmaker. The assumption is that he hasn't been completely healthy. And Jamal Williams is dealing with an injury now as well. So I think if... Jamal Williams is hurt. Swift starts to take over and they start to realize again what they've got under the hood. And he has a really good playoff matchup. He's got a matchup against the Jets, which are like a mid-tier run defense. But then against Carolina and Chicago for your fantasy playoffs. That's very yummy. Amazing matchups. They're both brutal against the run um, and brutal against uh, short dump-off passes to the running back as well. So... I expect Swift to get utilized more. So when I look at a buy low candidate, it's I need to get more value than what I'm giving up. So I think that if you can go out and get Swift, don't expect a top five running back. I wouldn't set that expectation, but you know, you can expect maybe a, a low end RB one down the stretch that could help you win some fantasy playoff games. Yeah. If you're looking for like maybe that consistent player in the flex spot, Swift is like, perfect guy to push in there maybe in a, if you're a two running back league and rb2 that's the rb2 you want he's sure. got such high ceiling and low floor but that's the thing if you need to build your team for ceiling swift is a player that i would target as well for my fantasy football playoffs and road ahead because he absolutely could continue just getting six seven rushes a game for the rest of the season they're kind of out of it but they could also 
have him become 100% healthy and him be a league winner for you. So are you willing yeah. to make that risk? And if you're like a five and five team or a four and six team that's on the cusp of a playoffs, like you have to look for a ceiling every single week because the team yes. you have right now is not getting it done. So you have to look for changes and you have to look for ceiling. You might not win every week, but you're going to have to probably win three of your last four weeks to make that playoff shot. So you need as many points as you possibly can. Let me propose this to the both of you. As okay, so those are running back starts of the week or uh, trade for targets would be DeAndre Swift. Uh, my wide receiver that I'm curious about, I was taking a look. I'm also five and five in this league, so I'm looking for upside. Do I trade for Christian Watson, who just had a, a blow up game in Green Bay? Right? A lot of reports saying that he could be, you know, the guy going forward. Dubs is Dobbs. Dobbs, whatever his name is, Romeo is injured. Oh, they, Romeo. Got, they got Tunyon. Jones is going to get a lot of work. And they got Lazard. Watson has probably more athleticism than all the guys I just named, to be honest with you. And he has a lot of upside. I think he's very, what's the word? He's fresh. He doesn't have a lot of routes and he has made a lot of mistakes. He's dropped a lot of bad balls. But is he one of those guys you guys put in a trade for target? as a high ceiling guy because i'm five and five i need some ceiling i think i have to go with a, a no here because i've i feel like i've learned my lesson with the green bay wide receiver room as a whole um ever since Devonte adams has left it's just been too much of a mixed bag and this year i think it's almost reached the peak of its like you can't figure out what's going on here because there have been times the past few years i think i found the guy and i have yet to find the guy because he'll like players will pop up and like alan lazard has had times where he's looked really strong i thought robert tanyan would get looks but he's just been so 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 far um yeah so so, so i so think far. yeah so i i i just think no i had anything green bay wide receivers I'm, I'm not touching them anytime soon until I see some consistency. I'm definitely playing devil's advocate here. Um, like it depends on your team makeup. So if Tyler, if you have someone like a Michael Pittman, I do. where yes. So this is one of those scenarios where you might lose the trade in theory because Pittman has a good floor. You know, he's going to get peppered with targets, but he, he hasn't had a, you know, I don't even know if he's had a wide receiver one game. And if he has, it was way earlier in the season. Week one, he had a wide receiver one game. And since then, he hasn't been a wide receiver one. So if you could move someone like Pittman that, you know, gives you floor, but doesn't give you ceiling and go take that gamble on someone like Watson, I think that that is a move I would make as a four and six, five and five team, because fuck it, what do you have to lose at that point? Like your floor is not getting you there. You need the ceiling. So a lot of people kind of overlook, there was a couple of things that I noticed from the Green Bay game. One was that obviously Watson just had a lot of big plays, Um, but he did have eight targets in the game, which was fantastic. And he had his highest snap share that he's seen all year. He had an 84% snap share, finished as the wide receiver one on the week. Uh, other than week one, he was at a 30% snap share or less for every single game. So, I'm sorry, how many did he have last week? 
he had 84% last week. Okay, so he's damn. more than he had 66% in week one, 32% in week two, and then missed a game, had 25, 29, 9, and 23. So he's wow. been sub 20 or sub 30% snap share since week two. And this offense has struggled. They need someone that can open this pass game up. And he does remind me a lot of like MVS in Green Bay where he was like a boomer bust play. But again, like he has a good matchup down the stretch with the Rams, Miami and Minnesota. Um, Those are all really good passing matchups. I don't expect players like Ramsey to go and, you know, shadow Watson unless he's playing out of his. Yeah, Ramsey really hasn't been shadowing this year at all. No. Yeah. So I, I just think it's a really good ceiling play. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you said, if your back's up against the wall and you need to make a play, like for somewhere where like low, like that's gettable because yeah. Herbert may not be available, right? And and like a high level name like that, but Christian Watson is a guy you can go after. So, like you said, if you're you need to take a risk with your five and five team that's not doing it, then yeah, maybe why not just beware of that sketchy green bay wide receiver room yeah it's a hundred percent a gamble but sometimes you just got to switch it up and hope that you hit you know because if you don't you're you're if you're losing half of your matchups the chances of you making it through three consecutive games into fantasy playoffs is slim to none yep i love it i really think after this podcast wraps up i'm gonna have to go into the think tank and figure out some trade for christian watson Mm. yeah how about tight ends? Uh, we've been going this topic for a lot a while, so let's wrap it up soon. Tight yeah. ends, and then we'll finish it up. So a tight end that I would be going out of my way to get if, uh, so for example, I'm a Goddard owner in one league. Uh, so him going on IR today, that that really hurts your team. He's yeah. probably going to... as well. Yeah, Waller, Zach Ertz is out for the season. So mm. like some of these good middling tight ends that you've been relying on, are hurt they're out for at least four weeks which takes you into fantasy playoffs and some of us just need to get there (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know if you have a walk and and you think goddard's going to be back week 15 you know maybe you don't go out and trade for a tight end but if you need to win games these next couple of weeks i'd be going after tyler higby he there's a couple of things you have to take into consideration He's the tight end seven right now in PPR scoring, and he is he has not scored a receiving touchdown yet this year. Cooper Cup goes on IR, probably not going to be back before the end of fantasy playoffs, and Higby is going to soak up those targets. He saw eight targets and had eight receptions this past Sunday against Arizona when Cup went down, and I expect that to be a trend. I do expect him to find the end zone at some point. Um, his matchups are okay, but... I just really think that this is a volume play and you realistically have to take a shot at somebody if you lost that tight end. And I don't think he's going to cost a ton to acquire. Yeah, I definitely think it's worth it. Like you said, he's one of the only tight ends that's like guaranteed a good floor. He's getting one tight end screen at least a week and it's probably going to go way up with cup out. Yep. 100%. I have one that like, since we're just, uh, you know, like, Tight ends have been injured, like Kyle said. They're, so you're scrambling, looking for people to cover. Even before and, they're injured, all we all year long, tight ends yes. have been tough. Yes. And there's one man 
just that has been cooking on my taxi squad <laughs> in uh, our dynasty league. And that that is Kate Otten on the Kate Tampa Otten? Bay Buccaneers. Okay. Well, not exactly cooking, but for on my taxi squad, I'm like Russ cooking. He's had like a, easy bake Russ. games where he's he's cracked double digit points. And I'm like, excuse me, I didn't <laughs> expect this, I, but it's because Cameron Bray. Yeah, Cameron Bray's been out and um, he's uh, actually been getting targeted by Brady which I was honestly surprised about. I was just kind of taking a chance on, you know, Brady loving his tight ends most of the time. And now that uh, Brait has been missing some time and the tight end room kind of being wide open and wide receivers have been hurt in uh, Buccaneers wide receiver room, he uh, actually ended up getting targets and found some chemistry with Brady. And he's had games like... 20 points against the Raiders, uh, 12 points against Carolina in week seven, week five, 13 points against Atlanta. So he's had actually like sporadic games where he's put up points throughout the year. It's not just a few games in a row where he's found some success. He's actually had a little bit of consistency throughout the year, which was interesting. So maybe Kate Otten's a guy you can just see sitting on your waiver wire and maybe cover your cover you and the thing with tampa bay and the buccaneers and brady especially is that recently it came out that giselle's got a new man and that new man is her like jujitsu uh trainer or her trainer essentially so i think antonio brown start teaching (laughs) jujitsu bro (laughs) all i'm saying is that a pissed off tom is one of the best toms around I'm, if you want to sure. look at a Buccaneers run, all you need to do is have Tom Brady mad. And this is going to make him piss. A divorce. That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> Watch out for single Tom. He's a menace. Yeah, he might play till oh, he's 50 man. now. So that wraps up our uh, fantasy trades that we're targeting before the trade deadline. And now we're going to move into the best wide receiver conversation, which... I personally didn't think was much of a conversation, but these guys told me otherwise. <laughs> so it's a um, conversation. It's a debate. I, yeah, I, I guess there's a conversation to be had. We gotta I gotta hear what you guys are thinking here. For me, it's Justin Jefferson all day long. It's uh, I, I just feel like watching Jefferson play, it's hard to argue that he is not the best wide receiver in the NFL. Like he is uncoverable in most scenarios unless you're Darius Slay or Jeff Akuda apparently but um <laughs> he's he's single-handedly winning the Minnesota Vikings games like the Vikings are probably four and five right now if they do not have Justin Jefferson in my opinion well look at their and, other weapons right like who else do they have yeah exactly like it, it's not like Thielen or Osborne have really been a factor um Hawkinson's already their best their second best option absolutely in the passing game Jefferson has been the guy and if you watch film you'll see that defenses scheme around Jefferson and have like three guys all locked in on Jefferson in like a zone you've got a a short medium high zone because no one can play him man-to-man and he's just he's such a savvy route runner his release is unreal he's quick he's physical if you watch those catches on sunday against buffalo that was one of the best catches i've ever seen 
the one where the defender basically held it for him, but still. How are your hands that strong? Like, we're not talking this guy had his arm around the ball. Like, he literally had the ball in the palm of his hand and took it away from this defender. Like, how are your hands that strong? Like, this guy could lift a car with his fingers, I'm pretty sure. Well, the thing with uh, wide receivers, Kyle, is that there's a lot of good wide receivers. There's Jefferson, there's Diggs, there's Tyree Kill, there's Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Chase Hopkins. But you take Jefferson as your number one, eh? I'm, I'm taking Jefferson as my number one. When I think of these who's the best conversations for any specific position, I'm looking at if you could have one player on your team for a whole season, just one season, we're not factoring in, you know, the long-term play here, but for one season, okay. who, which guy do you want on your team? And Take age out of it. Justin Jefferson all day. Yeah, and if we're comparing, like, situations where like you said like justin jefferson is winning the vikings games and another wide receiver that could be helping his team win helping his team win is Devonte adams in oh las gosh. vegas and but no but and i like that, that's <laughs> the thing right now he's not helping him win games but justin no. jefferson is and so i can see why he's your number one because a guy that could be number one, like Devonte Adams, I feel so. Right Adams now. was considered the best wide receiver in the league like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Then Cup had that amazing season. People were starting to think, oh, maybe it's Cup. But like Jefferson, he was drafted two years ago. He's two and a half years in the league. Was it fourteen hundred yards? Then fifteen hundred yards this year. He's on pace for near two thousand. Yeah, we did the math, and he's on pace to be like two thousand and two. Some pace for 2,002 yards. So, wow. (laughs) And I'd say the only person that can guard him is Darius Slay. So can't wait for that playoff matchup between the Vikings and the Eagles where he gets 20 yards. I can't wait for that. But I think that's a a valiant argument that Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the league. But here's my argument, Kyle. And this is why I want to discuss it on the pod because I do believe there's a debate to be made for Tyree Kill. Okay, let's hear it. Tyree Kill is, if you want to talk about scheming, okay, so you have to put Jefferson, you have a two, three-man zone on him. Tyree Kill, you have to double every single play, and your safety has to play deep on every single play. And I think that is such a help towards your offense, towards your game planning, your scheme. If I'm a coach and I want one year of a wide receiver on my team, I'm taking Tyree Kill because I think about all the things he does outside of the numbers. And the numbers aren't bad either. He's on pace for 1950 yards. He's averaging 115 yards a game, whereas Jefferson's averaging 118. So it's really not that far off as far as yards production goes. But I feel as though Tyree Kill, you can do so much more. You also see him like come out of the backfield. He averages over like 100 yards a season coming out of the backfield. There's just a lot of things you can do with Hill. So I think it's worth an argument. If you look at touchdowns, Hill has 60 TDs and 101 games played. That's better than Diggs's average. That's better than Cups's average. That's better than most wide receivers ever. And I just think if I'm taking one wide receiver for the year, I'd take Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and, 
And Tyree kills a guy I've had on my dynasty team since we've started our dynasty league. And when he moved from Kansas City to the Dolphins, I can't lie, I was worried. And I've been watching him closely this year. And this is why I'm kind of on the Tyree kill train as well, because I've just seen him burn player after player, defense after defense. Like you said, that safety needs to stay back or he's probably open. Jefferson's a great receiver and he's yeah. one of the best catchers in the league, route runners in the league. He's yeah. unbelievable. But if you want to talk about taking the top off of defense, oh yeah. Tyreek does it the best. Yeah, but I it, definitely respect the Jefferson pick as well. It, it's crazy to see though, because like when you think Tyreek Hill, you think he's just taking the tops off defenses, but like they're hitting this guy like 10 yards downfield and he's just accelerating. And yeah, the yards the after the catch, is. man. Holy yeah. holy. It's yeah, sometimes yeah. it isn't even burning the DB, it's burning the defense after he catches it off of a slant. Yeah, like he is just so agile and has such quick acceleration, which is what I think makes Tyreek. It's what I think makes Lamar great is the acceleration and the change of direction. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. what makes Tyreek uh, great as a wide receiver. It's what I think makes Christian McCaffrey great as a running back. If, If you can change direction and get up to speed faster than the guy in front of you, then you're winning that matchup. So I I see it. And that's what I'm uh, liking about the modern day football. Now it used to just be downhill, but the more and more like players with Lamar and Tyreek, we get to see like change of direction. We've never seen before in football, which is fun to watch to be quite honest. Who do you think is the best wide receiver in the NFL band? Like, do you agree with me or Tyler? I, I'm on Team Tyreek, but one person. Really? Let's I, go. Yes, uh-huh. I'm on Team Tyreek here. I the in the in the combo. I respect the Jefferson pick, Fucking though. I think he could be either either. <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, for, for now I'm on Team Tyreek. But one person I would like to go to back bat for, as you said, as a Bengals fan, is Jamar Chase. He may not be the number one wide receiver right now but I think he could potentially be the most valuable, especially in his situation, maybe in a fantasy sense, but even maybe not in a fantasy sense because him and Joe Burrow, probably one of the most dynamic duos and most valuable duos in the NFL right now, because one thing that's important in football, especially with a quarterback and a wide receiver is chemistry. And what's been great is they came into the league together. They've put up results together already. And hopefully they don't go anywhere. And if they don't go anywhere, I they've broken records already together. And I think I could see them breaking records together in the future as well. So I think he could be number one one day. I've seen him play like a potential great. So uh, I think maybe next season or the season after we're, we're talking about Jamar Chase in the conversation with Tyreek and uh, J- Justin Jefferson here. Well, let's but compare, the- right? Let's compare Justin Jefferson, who his rookie year, he had 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns, and 88 receptions. Jamar Chase's rookie year, 81 receptions, 1,455 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Yeah, that was a fun battle to watch. And Jamar Chase, he's gotten injured this year. What if he was a hundred yard pace this year, which, you know, he's got 47 grabs in seven games. He had 600 yards in seven games. 
he's a f- couple big pop-off games from being in the same conversation. I think moving forward, wide receivers, quarterbacks are very important. And Jefferson, if he had a burrow, would probably be even better. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah, so Je- Jefferson has over 100 targets this year, but has only caught 69 of the receptions, which I think comes down to how accurate is how accurate are the throws coming to you and how focused is the defense on you to like break these passes up essentially so like i look at tyreek who has 106 targets but has 81 receptions to jefferson's 100 targets and 69 so they're getting similar amounts of targets tyreek has not had his bias this week i just i think jefferson with a a, even a slightly better QB than Kirk Cousins who can get the ball there on time is the best wide receiver end of debate I guess do you guys think Cup is worth like a discussion in that last year Cup was clearly the best wide receiver in the NFL I think I agree that last year he was the best wide receiver in the NFL I think we've seen a different side of Tyreek and we're starting to see a coming out party for like super Saiyan level two, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> um, and, and cup was seeing really bad quarterback play, which is what made him so valuable last year. But I, yeah. I think he belongs in the discussion. I just think he's one year too late now. Yeah. And it could have just been a lightning in a bottle situation too. Like he was the guy that year in that hot offense. We've seen him have flashes of it before, but that could have just been his year. He is definitely talented. There's no denying that. But I'm like you guys said, I think uh, Hill and Justin Jefferson are starting to surpass him, especially this year. I want to just quickly ask you guys, because I just kind of thought about it, but we've seen the Rams offense be built two different ways in an offense around Todd Gurley that was like a lightning in a bottle, one-year mm. amazing offense, and then – be awful after that and then we've seen them do it again after made some moves to target cup do you think that this is just like bad coaching like i like sean McVay as a coach but is he failing to adjust or is it the qb that's failing to adjust because it feels like stafford every time i look at the goddamn rams game he doesn't look at his second or third read it's cup or take a sack it's just wild that we've seen two powerhouse like we're not even talking like good offenses that maybe lost a piece or two like powerhouse offenses that were yeah. one of the best in the league for two separate years with two different styles of offense and then just sputter yeah it's crazy how i went from never being able to go against the rams to just staying away from them completely like picking them picking against them for for them wise now they're just it's crazy because like you said it's they were the powerhouse last year the probably one of the most feared offensives one of the most well run and now where'd it go yeah odell wasn't that big of the offense it must be the offensive <laughs> line and much more yeah, it's gotta be yeah O-line. yeah it's, yeah o-line <laughs> Well, that does it for a wide receiver discussion. Perhaps next week we'll get into the running back discussion because there's plenty of good running backs to discuss. But let's jump into our bet stamp bet of the week. Cue the music. 
Betstamp, our new sponsor. Love that Woo! we love that we got on board with Betstamp. Betstamp is basically the Expedia of sports betting. It makes a lot of sense to use Betstamp because as a degenerate gambler like myself, you can find a lot of better odds on some of the bets you want to make. And a few bucks here, a few bucks there really adds up as far as betting goes. If you can get a 55% chance instead of a 50% chance, you'll take it every day of the week. So shout out Betstamp. Kyle, give me our Betstamp bet of the week. Oh, so we were taking a look at this earlier and like this app is just amazing, but to see the variation in some of these lines, first and foremost is, is crazy how much money you could be losing. Um, a matchup that I, I really like, and I was surprised to see the line was the Chicago bears who have played very well the last couple of weeks, but have just not been able to get it done against the middling Atlanta Falcons. I think that this is Chicago's time to shine. I think they're getting a win here. Uh, and the best odds available are uh, on Bet365 at plus 150 if you want to take the Chicago Bears money line. Um, in comparison, there's some sport books that have it down to like plus 135. So if you're putting $100, maybe you're a really big Bears stand, <laughs> you're losing $15 if you're, you're not going through Bet365. And that's why we look at it, right? Because that definitely adds up. And the Bears-Falcons matchup, Justin Fields has been on an absolute heater. I'm totally taking Justin Fields and his offense For over sure. the Mariota-led Falcons. Yeah, Mariota's missing his passes. Chicago is just hitting their stride at the right time. Seems like they're calling the right plays. So yeah, I'm, Justin I'm riding Fields it. has been playing well. He's all of a sudden, I'm considering him as like a totally franchise quarterback for the Bears. You can build this team around him and try to win a Super Bowl with this guy. Whereas you asked me this seven weeks ago, I would have told you the no Chicago is going to draft a quarterback this year. Yeah, Man. no, it's been a crazy turnaround. I mean, sure. Kyle, you heard me weeks one through seven. I said, don't bet on the Bears and the Survivor. I was picking teams to play the Bears almost every week in Survivor and doing well. Not anymore. Yep. Yeah, they're coming to play. They wanted to prove people wrong. And um, I think that a team with a chip on their shoulder is where you want your money. And even if you look at the spread, I'll take plus three and a half on points bet versus the plus two and a half you can find elsewhere, like on pro line. That extra That's point. Such a big difference. The two and a half to three and a half is the, the biggest difference in all of football spreads. So I like yeah. I like Chicago here. To put that in perspective, a lot of uh places will have this as a plus three and if this is a three-point game it's just a push if you get it at the two and a half you lost your money <laughs> and you're, you're you need a two-point game like that's having that being able to win all with a three-point game against two like very mid teams like that's where you want your money i'm taking the money line because i think the chicago finally gets it done and i i like the juicy line but both yeah, I like really that nice. pick as well. Yeah, another scenario here uh, where the bet stamp app really helps us out here is uh, in the Eagles game because uh, right now a lot of the books are showing the Eagles by minus seven, and uh, on a FanDuel, FanDuel has it at six and a half at a minus one eighteen, and um, on Monday the Eagles cost me a bit of money, so uh, here's a chance for Don't me to always. get it. 
to get it back here by a, a touchdown because the Eagles have had a lot of close games winning by, you know, one touchdown here and there against not so great teams, but they, they win the games. That's the important part. But if you take those steep, steep spreads with the Eagles, uh, this is a chance here where you can avoid that push. Like Kyle said, by taking six and a half, another and, uh, huge line. We're moving from seven and a half to six and a half. Like that's a yeah, big line. Yeah. Yes, that's a huge difference. And again, that's the difference between, you know, maybe this is a closer game than I personally expect it to be. And it comes down to one touchdown. Like this is the difference between like one touchdown wins you your bet or loses you your bet. And there, I mean, a touchdown is the most common thing in football. So why wouldn't you want (laughs) to hedge against that? Absolutely. So that's our bet stamp bets of the week. Try the Eagles spread at minus six and a half using bet stamp and try Chicago's money line at plus 150. A lot of, a lot better juice there than plus 135. And that does it for the football episode of the loose change podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please rate the show five stars. Thank you. Yeah. Five stars, baby. And we'll end it with a joke as we usually do. Uh, Hey, Dan. What do you call a wizard who's really bad at football? Oh. Fumbledore. Hey, <laughs> <Ayo. Ayo. laughs>